Ooh, I, I drank a lot of caffeine, and I just drank finished her matcha. I've consumed a bunch of really weird shit. That's why I alleviated my bladder before we started. And we're rolling. It's on? Yeah. Am I allowed to talk? No, I do the intro, bro. <laughs> All, right, All right, what's up, guys? Today, uh, we have a special guest again. His name is Austin Ragno. Hello, Austin. Am I permitted? Oh, come on, dude. You don't need to be like <laughs> Am that. Am I granted permission to speak? Yeah. You no, you told me to let you do the intro, so well, I was letting you have you your talk moment. talk over me, man. All right. I'm ready now. How are you? I'm all right. Today uh, was a good day so far, and then you asked me 40 minutes ago if I want to report co- record a podcast, and now here we are. And they, they always make your day better when we record <sighs> podcasts. Yeah. They're usually a fun way to kind of just sit down and chat, and it... it the eye contact this time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like it. Last time we didn't have eye contact, and this time we do, and it's stressing me out. You so. moved your uh, you moved your chair because I thought it was weird not yeah. having. But eye now contact. looking into each other's we we don't look into each other's eyes this long. Mm, ever. No. Oh god. So uh, <laughs> so hi. now what? I don't know. We need something to look at. Um, all right. So I have a topic today. I have like a list of like thirty to forty topics that I want to yeah. talk about, and most of them don't work for you. Okay, understandable. Um, but I have one that works that I think that we could talk about. Now, video games. I don't know anything about video games. Um, so I I think this one's a good one because I have a I have a completely different perspective than you. Okay. All right. So I have a perspective from like an outsider and then what I have going on. Why but are you stressing me out? Why are you stressed out? Cuz I don't know what it is yet. All right. So it's a question. I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, God. And then we can, I, we can circle back to me and I can answer too. But like, okay. It's a question that, once again, we get a lot. You see a lot. I see a lot. And I know it frustrates the hell out of you. But like, when should you get a quote-unquote fitness coach or Ooh. trainer? Or trainer. A, a coach is different than a trainer. Yeah. Right? Okay. I like that. And since you are a fucking bodybuilder, bro. Oh, God. But you're a bodybuilder. Yeah. I, yeah. Gu- I guess I have to accept what I am. You, you There's no running from it. <laughs> you are a gorgeous, shredded bodybuilder. I'm getting there, yeah. 111 pounds. I like this topic. Yeah, no, this okay. is a good topic. You were scared. Yeah, I, well, I didn't know where you were going to come with it. Well, I came with it Okay, straight I enjoy out like it. That. I'm ready for it. All right. So... I don't know. I hear that a lot. A lot of people are like, well, when can I start? I need a coach. I don't know what to do. Blah, blah, blah. So like from my perspective, um, I saw the Dana come up, right? Yeah. Which is where like when we started out, we had a friend. I did some design work for him and he sort of like helped her. Looking back now, he didn't help her at all. Like he, he didn't even try. Right. And whatever. And that's why like showing up to the first show that we've ever seen, she was in the show competing as a bodybuilder, I guess. Um, the second show, we sort of just like took the minimal lot knowledge we had from the first guy and we just sort of did it herself. And then we just sort of continued and we would ask friends for advice, like right. uh, asked Seth Ferrosi for advice. And he like sat down with Dana for two hours and talked to her and like it sort of helped. Um, let me think who else was involved with her prep. So she she competed for like whatever it was, five, years. six years. Yeah. And no coach, anything like that. And then when she was going to go pro, um, Jose Raymond became a dear friend. Uh, he stepped in and sort of helped her a little bit. Once mm-hmm. again, not like a traditional coach, 
but like just helping out. Yeah, we would send photos and be like, "Hey, man, she's looking sort of like this. Should she eat something?" And he was like, "Have you eaten a sweet potato?" And she'd be like, "All right, I'll try sweet." <laughs> so it was like looking back now, it wasn't like a real coach, yeah. but. He was almost like a like outside a, perspective, an outside perspective, bodybuilding mentor. Like I took like I was like, hey, man, she got offered this as a supplement contract. Like, is this a good number for a girl? Um, yeah, it was a good dude that you trusted, not yeah, biased. Yep. So there was no um, extra ties to it. I think one of the big problems was when Dana first started out. And I know people get frustrated when you touch on the natural thing. But when we first started out uh, around the same time as Seth was giving advice, um, you want to date this with a year? Just so uh, fucking. It, uh, that's hard for me to do because my brain is small. So okay, no. So that was 2013. That was, was around Olympia, the time so Flagner Fail was not really started yet. So okay, so it would have been. You're talking over ten years ago. I would have uh, 2009. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So eleven years ago. So. Just so people understand. So how this much was goes this was in. my big issues yeah. with coaches, right? Especially for females, and this is one of the reasons that Dana. <sighs> even though she gets so much heat is still sort of vocal about being natural. And I think we see this too. Um, I don't want to throw too many people under the bus on the East coast, but like there's a very specific look when you're relying all on drugs, <laughs> uh, yeah. right? You, when you rely all on drugs, you end up looking like shit. And I think, I think also too is there's a delusional part in the fitness world that girls sort of fall into where they think they still look good and the, they don't and no one realizes or no one tells them how much the drugs is making them look like shit. So right. my big issue is when Dana was sort of making her name for herself and she was on YouTube and she was like on the come up, we couldn't get we could we could diet her and it was like sort of easy cuz she's just a genetic freak. She trains really hard and she had she has no issue dieting. Right. That girl can eat literally the same exact thing every single meal for 10 meals a day and she'll just do it. She's mm -hmm. a monster, sort of like you are. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just that like, well Switch. no, I'm I'm dieting, so why would I need a cheat meal? Yeah. Like, she's one of those people. So, one of the, my big issues was when we started shopping around for a coach, and it's, I mean, the top coaches, like the top of the top, when we were shopping around for a coach and be like, hey, well, maybe, you know, Seth, help us put in touch with some people and blah, blah, blah. The big thing was her legs. Like, we couldn't get her the water out of her big, <laughs> fluffy soccer legs. Uh -huh. And... Everyone just sort of said the same thing. They were like, well, you need hardcore diuretics. Anavar would help out, this, that, and the other, and this, that, and the other. And Dana was always just like, well, I don't, I don't want to do drugs. Right. Like, I want to I be natural. I think I can do this natural. And without even, like, really consulting, that's what the, the initial feedback we got from the coaches was just like, oh, we'll answer it with drugs. And it's like, well, of course drugs are going to work. But, yeah. like, are you a real coach? If you can't like actually examine my Assess. diet, figure out what works with me. So that's another reason we stayed away from coaches forever. Mm -hmm. um, the one coach that we finally ended up going with was George Farah. And that's because we met him in Alaska of all fucking places. <laughs> Which is like the and weirdest. we were training and he was like, it was after Dana, I think, placed really poorly at the New York Pro. And uh, she was talking about like, maybe she was going to, I think, stop competing after the New York Pro, after, after she got a pro card. And George finally stepped up when we were there, and he was like, I want to coach her, you know, brother. I want to make her uh, – she's a star. She's a fucking star. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, gurus, coaches, yeah. everyone wants to put her on drugs. And he was like, no, 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 brother. I can tell she's natural. And I was like, are you fucking with me? Like, you, <laughs> you, you're actually, like, saying that you're not going to, like – um, Slide in You're not going to do something shit. weird. Uh -huh. And I, uh, I actually said that to him, and I was like, listen, man. Like, So I talked to her, and she was down. And I was like, listen, man. 
if you take her all the way to prep natural and at the last minute you're like, fuck, and you try to do something weird, I'm going to put you on blast and mm-hmm. we're not going to do it. Like 100%. He's like, oh, no, would never do that. And he actually stuck to his word. And that was why, like, I respect the fuck out of George, yeah. dude. And I, I don't think a lot of other coaches would have ever done that. And I don't even care if no one believes. But going back to the reason Dana's so vocal is because – that's what happens to girls. Like we've seen so many girls that are like gorgeous and like coaches get them in quote unquote shape. And the next thing you know, they're either like rebounding super hard and then they're going to look for people to coach them on reverse dieting or fucking (laughs) whatever novelty program Uh they put together to save girls or they just keep getting weirder and weirder. And then they can't make appearances in public because their skin's so bad. Their hair starts getting super weird and brittle and like, all that falls apart and you're like, oh, cool, you're no longer marketable. Like, and, you know, in this industry, that's how you make money by being marketable. There, there's no money elsewhere. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like you win and get money for, for ruining your shit. Anyway, that's my side. And I think the well, that's, be- that's one of your sides. That's one of my sides. The yeah. other beautiful thing for Dana was watching her. She became so in tune with her body because she was doing it herself and like so she had to figure a lot of things out like she was like okay cool i responded to this much rice yeah and one of the big things that i regret not doing was she didn't really experiment with anything else she found things that she thought worked for her because when we originally went with george dude he like dude she was eating like four cups of rice a day all of a sudden she was trying to keep her carbs low and it was white rice I remember the first day she came back, she's like, I feel fucking horrible. Mm -hmm. Like, she came to the gym. She didn't want to train. Day two, she felt even worse. She was like, this dude's the worst coach (laughs) in the world. Just over it. Like, day two, she was like, fuck him. Like, he's ruining me. Uh I don't want to do this. What if I stayed with him, but I lied to him and I did something else? Yeah. And then day three, she walked in the gym because she was teaching, and I'd meet her at the gym. She walked in the gym day three, dude, and just vascular, dry, freaky looking. And she was Uh like, something happened. (laughs) And it was like, oh, cool. Maybe we should just wait three days on a fucking diet. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing about her is she took so much time to learn specifically what worked for her body. And the beauty was George did the same thing. Right. Um, she, he wasn't like a coach. It just made her eat stuff. I forget what she had to stay away from. Like, I think potatoes bloated her really bad. There's a couple carb sources that bloat, like oatmeal. She can't do oatmeal. Uh-huh. Um, so she did cream of rice. Yep. Um, but there was a, a couple things like that. And it was really taking the time to learn her body, being responsible, not rushing things. They made prep longer. Um, and it was this wonderful experience. And But from everyone else I hear, it's it's normally like, Two shows, the coach ruined me, and I'm fucking out. Yeah, now I need a new coach to rebound or do or this to do and something. Recover. And it's just yeah. this like this juggle juggle thing that they do, and nobody actually ever stays with anybody for a long time, and everyone looks horrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's fitness. That's uh, yeah. fitness, and I, mean, I think that like it's also the thing now is uh, people like just liking to name drop coaches, and it makes yeah. you feel like a real competitor when you're I'm coached by blah blah blah. It's like yeah. oh, no one cares. Um, now you're an interesting one. Yeah. Because, so for people that don't know, Austin got second place at Team U. <laughs> no, no, 2014. I, 2014, which. I don't think it's called Team U anymore, is it? What? I don't know. It's I don't called f- like the, I think they call it the NPC Universe. But now they give pro cards the top two. Is that what it is? I think they give, I think that, well, they give out a million so pro cards a year. Yeah. But what it comes down to is, it, like, and I'm saying this not sucking his dick. But if Austin would have stayed with bodybuilding for like two or three more shows as a bantamweight, 100% would have got his pro card as so. a bodybuilder. No, there's no question. Mm-hmm. You would have got it. 
And it's because you are one of those people that's like, oh, it's time to diet? Cool, I'll diet for six months and I'm not going to fuck yeah, around. Yeah, I, I have, and we could talk about it in a second, but I have a pretty good uh, ability to just flip the switch. I in, mean, I in could, anything. Yeah, I could be like, hey, I'm dieting to go home for Philly for my birthday in May, and then I just won't eat any junk food and I'll track and all that stuff. Um, so I think I have a pretty good gauge on that. And kind of similar to how Dana did, um, it was because I figured it all out myself. And I think one of the most important things that we'll say competitors are lacking nowadays or people getting into the gym is like, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So like I've all, and I think similar to you and similar to like a lot of people that I think are successful in the sport, it's like, oh, when did you start training? Oh, when I was 13 years old or yeah. whatever age, you know, yeah. or, oh, my dad used to lift weights. So that's why I started lifting weights. So like you get into it for the right reasons. You do it for the right reason. Shit shouldn't be hard. So also everything you just said, which was like, when did you start? Why are you doing it? All those things. It also goes to like the trendy entrepreneurship thing too. Like, why are you doing your craft? You know, are you doing... Are you doing video because you want to be famous? Right. Or are you exactly. doing video because you love video? Are you taking photos because you love taking photos? Right. Or you want to be known as this amazing photographer? Are you starting a business because you want to like drive a Ferrari? Or are you starting a business because like you want to help someone or you actually this, love yeah. the product you're making? Like it's the same thing with with bodybuilding yeah. and fitness. So so my um kind of I'll, I'll touch on my fitness like journey or whatever real quick, just so it has like some background and substance. Um, when I turned 16, I joined the gym with my older brother. Before then, I was always lifting weights because that's what my dad did. At yeah. night, from 7 o'clock to 7.30, he sat on the couch. He still does it can you tell day. him? Can you tell us his regiment? Because it's so good. I absolutely can. With his 20-pound dumbbell, and I, I, I keep telling him that he has to do something different. But at the end of the day, do what you like doing. If you can do it consistent, whatever. But every day he sits on the couch and like I remember back in the day it was Seinfeld. Seinfeld come on at seven. He would have his 20 pound dumbbell. He would do a set of bicep curls and then a set of overhead tricep extension. Now this is seated with one dumbbell. On a couch. On a couch yeah. as a repeated circuit. So right hand curl, left hand curl, right hand extension, left hand extension. Then he would do a hammer curl. Ooh. Then he would go shoulder press, shoulder press, Whoa. each arm. And then he would do um, a supinated curl. And then he would end with, uh, what would he do? Oh, upright rows, which is super awkward. Seated, one hand, <laughs> upright rows, 20-pound dumbbell. He's almost doing like a but snatch. He, sort of, like, uh, like, yeah. like a seated snatch. Um, but he would do it for 30 minutes straight, count 10 reps each arm, not count sets, not count whenever. He would just go. So like, I love it. Eventually, I had a black five-pound rubber, rubber dumbbell that I sat on the couch next to him, and I would do it. Whoa. So turn 16, join uh, the gym with my older brother, which is we start going to the gym together. Uh, later, like if I ever talk about like the gym I worked at, yeah. um, that's the gym. Okay. And it ended up all coming around. So, I mean, that was whatever, two, the year 2000 or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so we're training in the gym. We're reading Muscle and Fitness. We're taking Nitro Tech. We're doing, like, all that yeah. stupid gym bro shit. Um, but the big thing was, like, I was one of the only kids on the – I played ice hockey in high school and college. I was the only kids on the high school ice hockey team that lifted. Yeah. Um, so, like, after practice, sometimes my dad would take a couple of us in the gym. We would lift, whatever. So I always lifted – because it allowed me to perform better in sports. And yeah. I thought it was fun. So, like, 
when I went to play collegiate ice hockey and we played every team on the East Coast and I'm 5'7", 150 pounds, like I needed something. So I need to be stronger or yeah. whatever, quicker. Um, so college, lifted all throughout college, always trained, whatever, never ate right. Yeah. Then entered Austin post-college, okay. which is where I wasn't playing ice hockey three times a week. I wasn't playing lacrosse three times a week. And I was just this dude who didn't do active stuff. And my metabolism was like, hey, bro, you're not doing anything active. So we're going to put on a little bit of weight. So I was never like fat, but I was always like a little thicker. You're heavy set, Austin. Yeah. So what what got me into fitness? And I don't even know if you know this. I don't. I'm, I'm okay. on the edge of my seat. So 2000, 2012, January 1 comes around. All right. And what comes around with January 1 and New supplement companies? Exactly. Sale. Which leads to? Sales. Body transformation. Wait, bodybuilding.com? So bodybuilding.com, 2012. 100, Good old days. 100K transformation challenge. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm, I'm going to win it. Hands down. Knew I was going to win it. Okay. I knew I was going to win it because... They were looking for a transformation. Yeah. I needed a good reason to diet for the first yeah, time. Yeah, because you're a life. mess right now. For the first time in my life ever, I just needed like a little bit of like, oh, that's my goal. Um, and I was... Wait, it, did you win it? I don't remember. No, no. So the big thing was the forum. So you had to put out a story, but you they, they go about selling the journey as well. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I know how to video edit. I know how to do recipe videos. I'm already putting out content. I already have a YouTube channel. I already have an Instagram following that's like back in back at that time was like pretty decent. Um, I was like, I'm going to win this thing. So where did I get my diet plan from? Bodymind.com. No, Muscle and Fitness Magazine. Ooh. One of like the tear outs. Okay. Um, but was w- what was weird about it was because it was the first time I ever dieted, I saw results like instantly. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I like sort of have abs now. Yeah. I like sort of can see a vein in my bicep. Like all that shit when you start first start and that you get like really hype about then what happens i broke my foot in four places oh uh, i thought you were gonna say growth hormone no that well <laughs> not yet um that comes a little bit later in the story so i broke my foot in four places no and wait people are gonna think you're actually yeah i'm actually no I, sorry i don't do growth hormone i i like winked and then yeah you didn't they see the can't wink see puzzle. you wink i know um so i broke my foot and then why breaking my foot was important was because I had just dyed it for six weeks for the first time ever. And I was starting to see transformation or tra- whatever you, however yeah, you want to look change. at it. And it made me realize like, whoa, uh, all I had to do with like the training I've been doing for the last 10 years was eat a little bit differently. And like my body's changing. Like yeah. th- I was like addicted to it. You know, like when you first start to do something, I have a super compulsive, yeah. obsessive yeah, like yeah. yeah, meth, wink, and like all them other weird heavy drugs. Um, so what that did for me was I was like, I, I, I didn't want to get beaten down by it. Because like I said, I was starting to get in shape. I'd start this transformation challenge. I was posting about it on Instagram, all this and that. So I used that as like not an opportunity to just let myself go to shit, but an opportunity to like focus on something. Yeah. So that's when... I, st- I couldn't sleep, so I had to move back in with my parents. I broke four of five of my metatarsals in your foot, which is the big, long bones so, okay. that connect your so toes to your So the question is, foot. when should you get 
a bodybuilding coach. No, no, no. So I'm bringing it. <laughs> okay, right, so we're going to get there. Comes we're going to get there. Full circle. It, um, so I took that time to learn. <laughs> talking about what bones you broke in your foot. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, I'm giving background substance <laughs> right. to this story. All right, yeah. So um, that's where I realized, like, all right, I want to learn more about nutrition. I find this very fascinating. I'm super into it. Um, and I used them a couple months where I was just stuck on a couch to read and learn everything I could. I was like a sponge for information yeah. from magazines, bodybuilding.com, whatever. So full circle next year, 2013 transformation challenge came around and it lined it up with a NGA show, which is national gym association, whatever it stands for. It's national geographic, yeah. national <laughs> geographic, uh, bodybuilding show in Philadelphia. I was like, all right, I could do the transformation challenge at the end of the transformation challenge. There's a bodybuilding show. Mm. I'll do my first bodybuilding show. Yeah. Um, and then I coached myself through that entire thing again, bodybuilding.com reading everything I could. Um, I don't know if we like plug people on this podcast, well, but like, you know, if you go on there, whose articles, well, are I, th- like I also legit. think that, so you grew up in a different time. I grew uh, cause it's changed. Well, so, yeah, yeah. so as I'm hearing you say this, like, cause I want to be like, oh yeah, you know, go do all your own research. Right. And you like back, but back then, bodybuilding.com shit. But now the problem is there's those dudes out there that are like, I'm all the pros are doing this much gear, everyone's yeah. doing this much gear, and like there's less, there's more people trying to. S- the fitness industry's become about making money now, right? So like back then, I think people were legit just putting out good information that they knew worked. Now it's like, it's not like, hey, try intermittent fasting. It's like, hey try my version of intermittent fasting right. and buy my program and then I can make money, but they need to differentiate it. Yeah. So and, it's like, and back in 2013, getting ready for a bodybuilding show, all that was out there was Lane Norton's built uh, guide to bodybuilding prep on bodybuilding.com. Yeah. And so Jim that, Stepani. And yeah. So, so that was my Bible. So I did, I followed my macros, did all that stuff, learned how to track food, um, and prepped myself for my first show in 2013. Ooh. And I think the biggest, thing that like I'm kind of so competing wise I competed that show um I met someone at that show who was like hey I'm a coach I can help you blah 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 at the time I thought it was like something there I wasn't working I was like yeah sure they prepped me for my second show so I went first show was counting my macros doing all my own thing learning what foods I liked how I responded to like hunger singles uh and all that shit second show was like the most strict bro diet Ugh. ever horrible but well i had i'm i could flip the switch oh yeah so i forgot about that it was easy for me but looking back on it i wouldn't say i had a better look that show than any of the other yeah six times i competed um so the following season we'll call it because that's what competitors call it the bodybuilding season uh that's when i prepped myself for i did the mpc philly show and then i did the team universe which was like my big show mm. because I was going to local shows and there was no other Bantamweight bodybuilders. Cause if you're not familiar, Bantamweight is 143 pounds, which no one weighs that much. No one weighs that much. It's That's crazy. How much, my, how much do you think my bones weigh? Like if you cut my bones out, like if you were Dexter, your bones probably weigh like 180, 190, maybe. Right. It feels like heavy. I don't know. I'm just throwing numbers out. There. My bone weight. How would I know that? I, I bet you my bones are like 140 pounds. No, like your skeletal tissue? Yeah. Like no. my skeleton That bones. means you're like 75 pounds, 75% body fat right now. No, 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 because then you have muscles. 
Uh-huh. And then you have organs and things like that. Oh, okay. And hair. Oh, you say just bone? Okay. Just my bones. I have no idea. Either way, Rob's bones would be on stage <laughs> against me at the NPC. So there was no other uh, Bantamweight competitor. So that's why I was like, hey, I want to do a national level show. Mm-hmm. The Team Universe is the national level show that's like right in that area. It made sense. I qualified for so it. So what you're saying is for for that show, you didn't need a coach? No. You think? So yeah. I only had a coach one time yeah. um, out of the six shows that I had done. Yeah. Every other time, I realized what worked for me, which was I understand my body uh, pretty well because I took the time to get all the information right. So so why did I hire a coach this No, time? no, no, no. So so I think, I think, once again, we're all familiar with like resistance and people try to find reasons not to do things, right? Mm-hmm. They try to say like, oh, I would do that, but I don't have this. And I would start a business, but I don't have the $75 it takes to start an LLC. Or I would, I would run every day, but I don't have running shoes. Okay. Or, you know, you know what I mean? Like just all those fucking excuses. Yeah. Um, I would wake up on time, but I can't seem to go to bed before midnight. Just like, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people were like, oh, I would get in shape, but I can't afford a coach. Right. Right? So, yeah, what I'm saying is, when do you think a coach should really enter your equation? Um, should I just Cause, use... Because you, you can well, use yourself as an example. I'll use myself yeah. as an example this time. Um, so I'm working with uh, Paul Ravella, Pro Physique's... Uh, whatever, like ProPhysique.com, Team ProPhysique, whatever. Um, I'm working with him because I died it for Olympia last year. I won for it. For no reason. For no reason You're making it sound like you competed in Olympia. <laughs> You're like, so last year when I died it for Olympia, okay, it's like, so okay, no. He died it because, <laughs> can we just tell people, anytime Austin knows there's going to be a pool. Yeah, I die it. He, he diets. Yeah. No, 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 no. He diets for five months. So like. <laughs> What is it now? It's like February. Uh-huh. If in August he knows that we're going to go somewhere yeah. for a photo shoot where there's going to be a pool, he'll just start dieting now. Yeah. And then he shows up at the pool and you're like, bro, why do you look like that? And he's like, I just wanted to look at the pool. And then that <laughs> night he eats bad and the uh, next day he puts 75 pounds on. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I died. So he dieted for Olympia. I dieted it to go to Olympia as to the a Airbnb pool <laughs> as a vendor in September. And, uh, <laughs> While I was there, I was like, hey, this, I got pretty lean. Yeah, we took some um, photos. Yeah, we, I got pretty lean. We took some photos. And the big thing for me was I didn't dig during that diet. My carbs never dropped under 225. My cardio was never over 40 minutes. And your workload was crazy. And, yeah, and I was yeah. like doing a bunch. So it made me think like, and I've always like danced the idea around my head. Like, I wonder what I would look like if I got back on stage because the last time I competed was 2014. I've had years of powerlifting in there where I went from squatting 225 to squatting 430. Yeah. And like shit like that. Um, so you thought to yourself, maybe so I, should I thought get a coach. to myself, I wonder what I would look like if I dieted it down and dug a little bit more. So for me, working with Paul was one, I think finding a coach that shares. Now, you don't necessarily have to find someone that shares the same beliefs as you as like a cop out. But I think it's important to find someone who, you know, has like the same mind of view, at least on topics as you do. Yeah. Um, And Paul's known for getting people dialed in for peak week, working with natural athletes and stuff like that. So like the fit made sense. And the big thing for me was I know if I'm going to compete again um, with how much 
work demands of me yeah. that I would have to take all stresses out of competing. Yeah. So there can't be like, oh, I wonder if I should change my carbs this week. I wonder if I should increase cardio. I wonder what I should, if I should front load or back load water for peak week. I know that if I have someone helping me and I don't, and all that stress is off yeah. my plate of figuring it out, that I can just dial it in. So yeah, that, and that, that was the big thing for me. That was, and that was the big thing for Dana, which was like, the guess what? You know, once again, dude, there, there's, she's, we always travel crazy up until shows. Like, it's, there's so much going on. And I think one of her big problems is, I mean, one of the big things for her too is like, she has to take it serious. So, uh-huh. like, she can't cheat. She can't rely on drugs on the backside. She can't rely on, like, it's very important. And she feels all the pressure of the world on her. So, yeah. like, she has so many things going on. Plus, she's like low key internet celebrity thing. She's running own businesses. Uh, it's just that thing taken off your plate where it's yeah. just like, no, I trust, I trust George. And George just tells me what to do. And I just fucking follow directions. And right. then that gives her, she opens up that mental capacity to go somewhere else and do something else. Yeah. So the only thing that I, I think one of the takeaways there too is like, first, I would say if you're looking, if you're even considering getting a coach, Try it and figure some things out on your own because what happens is people rely on these coaches so they don't even know the questions to ask. Yeah. So like, or they're scared to, or when they're done working with this coach and paying X amount of money for X amount of weeks that they get completely out of shape and back to worse than before they started because their goal's not there anymore. So like, why am I going to keep paying this coach X amount of dollars? Um, so there is a beauty in figuring it out for yourself. Um, and also not everyone has to compete. No, yeah, it's true. So like one of my big things is like, if you're someone who's never lifted weights before, why do you want to compete? Like fall in love with, like I, I can get back to the fitness now. It it comes back to what fitness is and what fitness is becoming. But like, if you fall in love with training Fall in love with, like, as dumb as it is to say, like, the process of it and all of that stuff. Like, do shit for the right reasons, and then you don't have to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I lack motivation. Where is my motivation today? It's like, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Like, waking up for me at 5 a.m. or whatever to do cardio and all, all that's fun. I'm more annoyed the days I don't have to do cardio. Yeah. I'm like, shit, I'm up at 5 a.m. What the fuck do I do now? I'm like (laughs) sitting in the sauna for a half hour, like playing Nintendo. So like if you're doing it for the right reasons, then you won't then you'll find yourself not lacking the motivation as much. Granted, maybe like deep in a prep, you're like, oh, I got to dig today or something's going on here and there. But for like generally speaking, when people are like, hey, where do you find motivation for the gym? Ask yourself why you're doing it. Exactly. And I think that's one of the big the big problems with fitness um, is it so it feels so good and it's so sexy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think when you from first start well from the outside, yeah. it feels so good, it's so sexy. I think even when you start doing it, like it feels really good uh-huh. and it's really sexy. But I think I think it's one of those things that you can like blow your load so fast with it. You yeah. know, you can like you can dig into the industry and really get so involved and like you can change your name on Instagram to like Fit Pro. Rob Bailey Fit uh-huh. Fit Man or whatever. <laughs> And like you can have all these dreams, and then when they don't like sort of come all together, I feel like a lot of people get jaded or they just bail. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, same thing I was blessed with. Like I started lifting, I saw my dad lift. Now my dad never right. really lifted with me, 
but he bought me a bench and some weights and they were just at the house. So I was just like, well, I'm just going to lift weights because I used to see my dad lift weights. And then when I got to school, I was like, you know, I realized that like, I, I just want to be jacked because, or I just want to be strong because when we do our testing for football, like I, I just always wanted to be really good. Uh-huh. So once I, I didn't even understand, like I want my biceps bigger, like yeah, yeah. the imagery of it never really clicked, but it was, it was, I liked doing it. And then I, I remember seeing numbers go up and I, I like, I remember the first time that I benched 225. Yeah. It was like the greatest day ever. I was, I think I was in 11th, 10th or 11th grade. Jeez, for me, it was uh, last week. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember benching 225 because I saw other dudes doing yeah. it. So I remember thinking to myself like, fuck man, I can't wait till I do that. And, uh, I don't know. To me, that was like the greatest thing ever. And I think that when Dana started lifting, you know, because I think she's once again important in this conversation. Yeah. I think when she started lifting, it was just to hang out with me and she fell in love with the same thing. Like uh. she didn't start lifting to compete. And I think a lot of people are like, ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna either I'm gonna start lifting so I can become a famous fitness model. Right. Or so I can get bitches or Which so that I can <laughs> compete. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think that when you do those things, you're, you should be lifting weights because you love lifting weights. You exactly. should be training because you love training. And she did that for a full year where she was like, I just love doing this. We have mm-hmm. fun every day. It's fun, like blah, blah, blah. And then competing was like a byproduct of being in love with training. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important to do, do it for yourself for a little because then you yeah. figure out what you like. Exactly. You figure out like, oh, just because X uh, pro says that you need to do this split that doesn't mean you have to do it. You have to figure out what's consistent for you yeah. and what you can see yourself doing long term. Because like, if it's only a training program you can see yourself doing for the next five weeks, then like, what is the benefit of it? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, there's so, ben- there's a benefit to learning everything like that. But I think that like, even so, I'll diet aside because obviously like my diet right now is sort of a mess. Uh-huh. You know, it's uh, it's the vegan, but it's once again, I'm not I'm not. I'm not trying to get shredded. I'm not trying to get bigger. Like my focus right now is on the training. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like we talked about when the you said your story was when Dana decided yeah. to get a coach. You asked me, but like you just got a coach. Yeah. So like I did. That, get, I did just get a coach. It's so not I think, a bodybuilding coach, but you got a coach. Yeah. So my I think my issue was um, I have just a lot in my head, uh-huh. you know, and I think that like. In addition to the workload, I have a lot of like dreams and stress, and like I'm just a mess. Like <laughs> I, I just always want to do all these things, and I'm, I'm always consumed by it, and I'm not good at sort of handling problems. So right. like, a lot of times, there's so many little problems going on that I let them like run me. And what was happening was I've been struggling to find time when I can be a bodybuilder, right? And I've so it's like a it's like a little whirlwind of things. So it's the time, it's keeping my head in the right area to be able to train um, and not like be on my phone and then next thing you know, like answering emails and everything like that. Um, And how I used to do that is I used to just lift really fucking heavy, right? So if like, if if my head was a mess, I'm like, cool, I'm gonna try to press the 150 dumbbells for (laughs) as many as I can. Uh Or I'm gonna gonna deadlift fucking, I'm just gonna do monster singles Mm -hmm. or whatever. And... Over the last, fuck man, since I was like 22, so over the last 14 years, that's what I've been doing. And it's like slowly catching up with me. Like if my, my shoulder rebuilt twice, right. like everybody doesn't my, my back issues. Mm-hmm. 
uh, knee issues running my family. So like slowly but surely, like I've been sort of falling apart. And now that I'm in my like mid thirties, mid to whatever, mid thirties, um, I can't fall back on just like, Hey, let me just lift as heavy as I can and be a monster and smash everything like fucking branch Warren. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to a point in time where I was like, what am I supposed to do? So I started doing like more reps and started trying to like focus on like being a bodybuilder. Cause no bodybuilders I know lift heavy. Right. You know, they're all, it's all about contraction and things like that. So I was like, all right, let me do that. You know, like the hypertrophy coach stuff of like this unique exercise, I'm, yeah. I'm keeping my pinkies up and I'm concentrating and <laughs> I'm doing hold and neck and uh, time under tension and all this. And to me, that's just not interesting. You feel like you're just going through it. Yeah. Because I've never really wanted to look like a bodybuilder. You know what I mean? To me, bodybuilders look relatively unathletic and they they have a look generally speaking. you know what i mean yeah generally speaking and i've always wanted to be i always i always found like the strong man more okay. uh, attractive because uh -huh. it was like bigger the dude could like pick up anything move anything and he looked like he could like protect everyone around him like uh -huh. i always dug that so as i'm like pulling away from that and I'm moving more towards bodybuilding i just realized that like i mean you know it's weird to say but like i have the money mm. you know which is a weird thing i don't want a training partner I just, it's not what I want. And I finally, I realized I was looking my whole life and I was like, you know what? I, I now at 36 have the money. I could reschedule my day and have the, the time. time. Yeah. And I could literally hire a coach or a trainer to sort of work with the goals that I want. And I realized that like my goals can't be lifting heavy anymore. So like, I'm not going to hire Dan Green to do my programming, <laughs> you know, like I, 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 I'm I'm realizing that there's problems that need to be fixed. Yeah. And I'm also realizing that, like, if you tell me to do hit for t fucking 10 minutes on the air bike, I'm I'm not going to do it unless there's someone standing there being like, Watching all right, you. 30 yeah. more seconds. So I just realized that in, for my life, that was a priority. And I think one of the greatest feelings was, like, just completely letting that go and knowing that, one, I'm paying for it. Two, I really so respect. When you say you're paying for it, just to give that some context, that means you're appreciating it and respecting it more. Well, yeah, and yeah, financially, I'm paying for it. It's yeah. not like some guy who's donating his time, right? Because like, then there, you might not take it as serious. There's an obligation, yeah. yeah. And I think that like me knowing that there's a financial transaction, and then also like me respecting once again, it's Rasta Runner right. on uh, Instagram, but like me respecting his time and knowing that he doesn't really do one-on-one -on -one training sessions. So having that obligation. And the same thing, dude, as much as I'm in complete control of my life, and I literally do whatever the fuck I want. Mm -hmm. Everyone can sort of vouch for like, Rob doesn't answer to anybody. <laughs> and, but at the same point in time, if I trust you and you tell me to execute something, that's what I'll do. Right. And that goes back to, once again, we can do a whole nother podcast on high school sports, yeah. sports in general, working with a team and knowing that you're part of something bigger and following directions. Yeah. Same thing, like I would have done phenomenal in the military because if I trust what you're telling me to do, I will execute the shit out of that super fast, right. super vicious, like I'll fucking do it. And I just, I, I'm at a point in time in my life where I just wanted to, I wanted to take some pressure off myself and just follow directions. Right. So when you went to him and like you started the conversation, you talked about like your goals being different now. Like what, what, what did you, how'd you present it to him? Like, Hey Dan, these well, are my goals. So I had to do a box jump, right? So pretty much when I started quote unquote bodybuilding, which is, I think bodybuilding is when I started doing like splitting up my body parts okay. more than, more than upper body, lower body. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that was around 22. I, I, I started training with a bunch of dudes like that. So um, approaching Dan was more or less saying like, hey man, 
I tried to do a box jump the other day for a photo shoot, and I felt uncomfortable doing it. Okay. That was like that was the trigger. Oh, that, that was the um, that was the photo the shoot in the green okay. shorts. Yeah. They wanted me to do a a box jump and jump as high as I could, and I remember just feeling like, oh, this feels this feels really Foreign, odd, yeah. and knowing that it shouldn't feel like that. Yeah, yeah. In addition to that, like my back pain, you know. So to put it in perspective, like I've that. always had it, yeah. and I've every single day of my life I've been at a four on the pain scale, mm. like. A four to me is like closing your finger in a car door. <laughs> uh-huh. But if you were to do that every, every single thing. minute for yeah. your whole day, eventually you'd get used to your finger being stuck in a car door. Yeah, you've just learned. And how I just to got used to my back, dude. And I was like, yeah, I have back pain. So all the time I'd be at a three or a four. And then every once in a while it would go to an eight. Mm-hmm. And an eight for me is like demobilizing. I'm on the ground. Yeah. I have a, I have to like I hold my breath when I breathe and stuff like that. That's an eight. I always saved like a 10 for like the day when I get shot or something oh, like that. I just assumed that would be a 10 or like hit okay. by a car. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I always, I always made a rule with myself that like pain scale, I never go to a 10 ever. Okay. I and like um, what was happening was that four was flaring up to an eight like every two weeks. Yeah. And I felt I got to a point in time where I was like, all right, cool. I can't do anything that compresses my spine. So I can't do squats. I can't do deadlift. I can't do fucking, I can't do calf raises. You bought a damn inversion table. I can't do shrugs. (laughs) I can't do um, like seated shoulder press. Uh Uh, Even a lot of times when I did like laterals or fronts, like I couldn't go over 20 to 25 pounds. Uh So all of a sudden, like all these all these exercises I've loved for so long have just been like dropping off, dropping off, dropping off. And like everyone else that I know that gets older, all of a sudden I start having all these excuses. Yeah. Like, and I was like, well, yeah, I'd be in better shape. But like when I run a lot, my shins hurt and then it flares up my lower back. Mm -hmm. So like all of a sudden I stopped running. All of a sudden I stopped doing heavy shrug. Like, and that's what happens, I feel like, long-term, is people all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I used to be big like you, but then I blew out my shoulder. Oh, my favorite but, right? thing people say. And I'm, and I'm looking at that, and I'm like, fuck, man. Like, I don't want that to happen to me. So yeah. all those little things coming together is where I approached Dan, and I was like, hey, man, like, I just want to be an athlete. And he was like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to start, do you want to do, like, a Spartan race? And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I just want to be flexible, uh-huh. and I want to be an athlete, and I want to feel good. So we just started literally with like baby movements. Like looking back now, the movements were so just simple. Yeah. But I remember the first day we started with an with an ascending descending set. And the high that I got. What is that? Just explain that. Okay, so quick. one exercise. So for example, I was doing TRX um it's not TRX pull-ups, but TRX like elevated leg rows. Okay. Right? So a row yep. on TRX bands. Or on TRX straps. And then the other thing I was doing was a box jump. Okay. It, was a, it wasn't a high box at all. It was like a, like a 32-inch box or something like that. Maybe a 30-inch box. Um, and it was a depth jump up. So I did 10. The set was 10 box jumps and then one row. Oh, and then they... Okay. And then I went back to the box jumps right away, no rest. And I did nine. And then I did two. Okay eight, three, and you work your way all the way back up until you're doing one box jump and you're doing 10 rows. Okay. So it's like... Sounds like a couple minutes set. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I've done done ascending descend that take 40 minutes before. Oh, Christ. But like my one this morning that I did, once again, maybe took... 
I don't know, 15 minutes. Okay. But it's like, dude, you're just cooking. And the motions, they were so easy, but like my brain shut off. Yeah. And like I was just getting through the exercises. And then we did a little bit of hit work. And like I left and I was like, I've never had this much clarity because I wasn't thinking about what to do. No, you were just doing it. No, I'm just, uh, what's, what's the next exercise? Okay, throw this ball against the wall and do a jump. Like, uh-huh. cool, done, boom, 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 knees up higher, cool, get your knees up, Rob. Yeah. And like, I walked out of there and I was like, I've never felt this much clarity before in my life. Mm-hmm. And especially for someone like me who's managing 10 businesses, I was like, dude, that, like, that fucking clarity is worth a million dollars. So you were right hooked now. right away. And right away, I was like, I should have done this so long ago. Yeah. Um, and the, the cool thing about what you're doing is like it more than like bodybuilding and having abs and all that, it transfers directly to real life situations. Everything. everything. Even so, like you on the snowboard mountain yesterday, I was like, where did Rob get all these? Well, like, I got balance. I can go from? I can go off jumps again. Yeah. You know? And I think that the other thing for me too, dude, is like bodybuilding, like say you're doing like lat pull downs. Like it's your last one. You're like, oh yeah. <laughs> and it's like with a spot, you'll get that last one or uh-huh. whatever. But for me, a lot of times, like, he'll be like, all right, next set. And, like, you get to it, and you can barely get to, like, the treadmill to do, a, a, like, a dead push run. Right. And he's like, 20 seconds, I'll start when you're going full speed. So, like, you start, and, like, you're going for, like, four seconds, and you're like, why the fuck hasn't he started counting yet? And he's like, you're not at full speed yet. You're sandbagging. You hit full speed, starts counting, and, like, there's so much of a mental game where it's like, okay, I have seven more seconds left of going all out. Yeah. And then you finish, and it's like, okay, cool. And now you catch my breath, and you move to the next thing, and it literally just kicks the fuck out of you. And they're foreign exercises. Right. And for me, too, it's like, it's so much of a mental game of like, how do I get through this? And the same thing with an ice bath, which yeah. you're sitting in an ice bath, you're like, I'm not going to die. I know I'm not going to die. Mm-hmm. I can get up at any point in time, but I need to stay in 20 more seconds. And for me, that like mental battle that I do, and I do it every single morning now. Right. It's 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 amazing. That with like the physicality of like how my movements are, I love it, dude. Yeah, I, I've like uh, similar in a sense um, reasons why I picked up Muay Thai last year. Yeah. Um, so I did jujitsu growing up and like always hit the heavy bag and always was a fan of like boxing and MMA forever. Um, but last year in the winter, I just remember feeling like super stiff. Because I was done powerlifting, so I stopped worrying about my mobility and stretching and foam rolling. And I remember, like, I would hit golf balls and then, like, bend down to pick them up and I'd be hurt. Because I have, like, bulging discs in my back Mm -hmm. and, like, scoliosis and, like, all jacked up. And I remember just feeling stiff last year and thinking, like, I can't even bend down to, like, pet the dog right now. So similar to, like, the reason why you started training with Dan was to feel athletic and that's similar to last year why I started training Muay Thai. Yeah. It was because I, I wanted something to do that would challenge me that I wasn't in control of. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had a, I took jiu-jitsu and did karate growing up, um, but that was back in the 90s. I was always a fan of boxing and MMA forever. I remember watching the U, early UFC days, like, with my dad and all that. Um, and I was looking at some schools in the area, and I was like, this will be an interesting thing that's going to challenge me that I'm a beginner going into. And yeah. like, I remember the first class I go in and like, you see some of the girls in there throw kicks and you're like, okay, yeah, I don't care that they're asking me right now. Like, oh, do you lift? And like stuff like that. Cause I'm jacked. They all kick my ass. Yeah. Um, but one of the fun things that I like about it is, um, when we're doing like at the end of class or whatever, and we're doing like a burnout, 
Um, it reminds me of like college ice hockey practice or lacrosse mm. practice where like you have no energy in you, but like people are yelling at you and everyone else is doing it. So you're like, Oh God, I guess I do have five more suicides left. And like your body's pulling oxygen from a different area in your lungs. Yeah. And like, there's times I leave class and it, I, it reminds me of back in the day when like you would get your ass kicked at yeah. practice and you'd be like, what the hell am I doing? There's something about that group setting. Right. And Is I it, think there's something about yeah. like, and that's what I feel so bad when people don't play organized sports Yeah. And, or, or like the, when people are like more or less individuals and they don't realize that like, no, you're at the back of the pack. And like that feeling of like, I can't be back here. Right. This, I can't, I can't be back here. Or just knowing that you need to, like, where you stand in in the group. Yeah. Like, and I think that there's, right now, with social media and with, I don't want to get too much on that topic, but you don't know where you stand because you can, like, fake it. And when you're in that group and you're all running suicides and, like, everyone finishes and then you're the last one because, oh, you're fucking tired or whatever. Yeah. It's like, there's a feeling there that you can't shake that makes you better. Yeah. Well, if you're the right person. Yeah, if you're like, it should like drive you and yeah, like fire you up. Yeah. The one thing that always gets me in class, and you're probably really good at it, but I've never done it before because I didn't play football growing up, is the agility ladder. Oh, so like we'll go I'm through. I'm getting the, better at that. Yeah. Okay, we'll go through the agility ladder, and I suck. Really? And like especially the first. It was funny because like I took two months off, and I just started training again in December. And the first, my first class back, we did the agility ladder, and I started to like get it down, like Ollie shuffle, karaoke, like all the different moves, especially like if we were going through like uh, switch stance and throwing jabs or combos or whatever. But then like going back to it after not doing it for two months, it went away so quick. Oh, yeah. Like quicker than anything yeah. My I hip, ever My hip mobility does that. I do a lot of hip mobility work. And like if I take off for, you know, two weeks and I travel, when I come back, he's like, what happened to your hips? I'm like, I don't know, man. It's yeah, like, I haven't been wait, foam rolling every I, morning. I don't know. It's not even the foam rolling. It's 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 literally like just gone. A lot of the movements, like my hips need to be open and they just Well, travel, you figure a lot of times, like whether you're on a plane or not, the one big thing that I always have trouble with is traveling. It's just drinking water. Yeah. Because you're just we, all over the place. I don't drink nearly enough water. Yeah. But the so I think to wrap it up, um, what are we? Ta- we're talking. What no, was the so topic? I, coaches. So, no, no. So it's it's so it start out when sh- when should when should you get a coach? And I think we we covered it from tons of different angles. Yeah. We covered it from you should fall in love with something. You yeah. Know? But then there's the other argument too. Like if you're truly in love with something, shouldn't you reach out and get all the information possible as fast as you can? Yeah. You know well, I, mean? I think I think there I it, I'm always biased to like the experience I had. Yeah, you know what so. I mean? So like in every sense of any category when it comes to like my childhood, it's like, I don't know. It was my childhood. I'm biased toward it. Like yeah. regardless of whether it was all sunshine and rainbows. Well, how about like, how about this thing for a little lesson? If your coach is asking you to either do really weird things. Yeah. Anything uncomfortable. Well, no, anything uncomfortable or anything diet wise that you think feels strange. One, ask questions. Yeah, ask them why. Ask them why. Be curious. And and see if they can explain it. I think that that's one thing, too, is like when you ask someone why and they they don't really know why, it's like, ooh, I got a bad coach. Yeah. And then also, if if they're telling you something that feels so, it feels crazy, just ask around, too. You know, I think that like there's a lot of coaches out there like, oh, you need to do this, 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 and this. Like, I don't know, shop shop it around because a lot of times, like, it's what you're eating. It's what you're consuming. It's your health. And 
you shouldn't just blindly follow someone, especially since like there's no a lot of times there's no certifications, there's no anything. People to, are just to be a prep coach, no, there's not. There, you just need an Instagram following. And that's kind of like scary about yeah. it. Yeah. And that's what I think like um th- that's why I think if you do have the mental capacity and the time mm-hmm. and you're actually interested in it, one of the best things you could do is learn some things on your own. That way you ask the right questions. Um, you, you, you develop a love for it in a different light. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the cool things that like I'm realizing now, even working with Paul, it's like, I'll send him say a physique update and it's like, Hey, here's where my weight is. And then I'll let him know, Hey, we're going to do, um, here's what my weight is. But I feel like I'm on the very end of like, uh, the tail end of the week where I'm going to drop three pounds this week. And he'll be like, all right, if that's what you're feeling, let's ride it out for a couple of days and see what happens. And this happened last week. Three more days went by and I dropped two pounds. And it was like, cause I'm used to my body. So like yeah. he's working with me the first time. So he doesn't have this knowledge of my body yet. But since I do for so many years, it's like you can work as a team and then asking questions only going to help yeah. build your information base even bigger. Which is, I guess what I realized that I'm in the midst of right now. Is learning yourself. Is learning, cause I've been, I think four years now I've been vegan. Right. I there was a point in time where I like I knew exactly how my body worked. Where <laughs> you it was, mean like back when you were just eating Chinese food? No, 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 no. Back in that little intermittent fasting uh, right, right, right. and ovo pescatarian. Uh huh. Like, dude, I just had vegetables, rice, and fish. And like my bot like as long as I stuck to that and intermittent fasting, like I was just getting leaner and leaner and leaner. You remember that? That was like opening warhouse, public warhouse. Yeah, yeah. I was just like coming else. together tight. Uh-huh. And now I'm in such a weird world where like I'm still figuring out, like, especially now because I started tracking macros. Like I'm starting to figure out what kinds of foods, what are my cheat meals, what I can eat at restaurants. Like when I travel, what do I eat? And like. Are you having Once fun it, with it? I'm having fun with it. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm having fun with figuring out like, like I remember when I figured out at a diner, what do I eat? Uh-huh. You know, and it's like when you go to a normal diner that I used to just get, you know, fucking steak and eggs at, uh-huh. like, what do I get now? And like, I'm like, okay, no, I, I want, I want breakfast potatoes and throw all your most exciting vegetables in. And I just want a big plate of that. Yeah, diners are shit. And they're like, well, so wait, just potatoes and vegetables? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what I want. And black coffee. And, dude, whenever it comes out, for some reason, diner chefs love making that. And it's gorgeous. And then most people are like, well, where's your protein? And it's like, I don't know, dude. You have a three-egg omelet. Like, you, you're literally <laughs> you consuming. Yeah, yeah, you're consuming 14 grams of protein. Don't, yeah. don't criticize me for foregoing 14 grams of protein right now. And, like, my meal always looks dope. And, yeah. like, figuring that out to me is, like, awesome. Uh-huh. And seeing how it works and when I can have it and when I can't have it. Um, you know, and right now that I'm tracking, it's the same thing. It's like realizing that like my bag of rice when I get home, like, dude, I look fucking awesome at like uh-huh. nine o'clock because I eat like tofu tempeh and I eat that full bag of rice. So that's like your big meal for the day. Yeah, and that's my big meal for the yeah. day. And like, dude, you know how it affects your my weight. My forearms in the fill up, yeah. and if I do that and I stop it nice and clean, and when I go to sleep when I wake up in the morning, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty lean. I feel really good. Yeah. So like learning all those little things with my whole new diet, I love it, dude. Yeah, and then and I'm also not in a rush. Like I don't, whatever. Yeah, you're like, not whatever. in a rush, and then you're also in loving the training. So you're loving. I love the training more than the diet. It. So, to me right now, it's like, 
You're even, in your sweet spot. Well, even this weekend, right? So, like, I've low-key been dieting for 13 days. Uh-huh. And the only reason I know this is because I've been taking progress photos. Uh-huh. And this weekend, um, I was so beat up from last week that, dude, I just ate, like, a fucking monster. <laughs> like, uh, I made, like, vegan spaghetti. And I ate so much vegan spaghetti. And then... What's um, vegan spaghetti? Well, it's... it's, it's and I, this, these are the products I don't like using. So, it's, like, meatless crumbles. Okay, Those gotcha, are all gotcha. things that, like, when I consume a lot of the fake meats or anything like that, my body goes to shit. Is it just because they have, like, a lot of sodium? It's because I don't know what's in them. <laughs> okay. You, you don't know. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure I could read, but it's like, I'm so used to things that I eat where it's like, what are you eating? I'm like, rice, it's one asparagus, uh-huh. and tofu, or uh-huh. tempeh, or black beans, and hot sauce, or, like, whatever it is. And this is, like, random vegan meat product. Yeah. So I, I banged on that. <laughs> I went out to eat. Uh, we got those those. Uh, so, are you lean enough where your body responded positively or negatively? No, negatively. But <laughs> I, <laughs> but I had to eat the, like that this weekend because my top priority this weekend was recovering from your training. From my training, because I was starting to get shin splints from all the jumping. Um, my my hamstrings were rocked. My quads were rocked. Like my shoulders were f- just. All week, I just got beat up so bad where I was like, no, I'm going to eat like a monster this weekend yeah. because I need to be ready for Monday. So it was really cool to like know that I could step it up, not completely fall apart, but also not feel really guilty because when I stepped into training this week, this morning, I was like, no, I I took all I the nutrients up. I needed yeah. and my body recovered. And I used to do that with Chinese buffet. Yeah. Oh, God. I <laughs> right? So I don't know. And, and that's the thing right now is like, yeah, I, I have an understanding and I'm maintaining and I'm slowly getting better. But like right now, I'm in love with the training, dude. And I've been in love with it for six months. Yeah. Well, well training in general, you've been in love with your whole life. My whole and life. It, yeah. That's why. And yep. like the training now is just what you're into and it's keeping you excited and keeping you coming back and yeah. consistent. And like I've known you for over six years now. And this is like mm-hmm. the most consistent I've ever seen you with training. Yeah. Five days a week. Guaranteed and, and five days a week. And then on the weekends, I normally I'll run my 5K and then I'll do. Uh, I might do some bodybuilding movements. Right. But like, I'm at the point in time now where I don't even really do all my bodybuilding movements because I'm saving myself your energy for your Monday through Friday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty dope. It's exciting to watch, especially like when you're sitting there and you're like, oh God, I forgot to log my last meal on my fitness pal. It's just like hilarious. To I know. That, like, well, I called, a, I called a timeout in the meeting today. I was like, ooh, uh-huh. I just had another protein shake and I had some, oh, I had the tempeh rice and broccoli and I was like, I got to figure out how much rice I had. And you were like, Wait, what are you doing? And I'm like, my, I don't know. I'm trying to. My fitness pal for me is like a, it's like a video game. I like log all my food the night before, yeah, and then make sure it all like equals out, and then I know the next day. And that I think that's how I've always done it. Even back when like 2012, when I first downloaded Jesus. my fitness pal, I always logged my food the night You're before like OG, as like bro. a little game. Maybe you get yeah. like a couple extra stars next to your name. I've been in this game for a minute. Very I, I pay for the premium version because I. Ain't Pussing out on that, I want to be able to adjust everything to the way I like it. Right, you know what I'm saying? Pussing out. Um, yeah. Did we cover the topic? We covered a lot. I think we covered plenty. Okay. I see. I don't know how these work. I I think that we have to look at these as they just work. However, because I listen to other people talk and they don't why, make sense about Why are you getting anything. so? Uh, you're getting very like. Bah, 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 I don't bah, know. Bah, right now, and I know you guys can't see him, but he threw this. Um, like a bent wrist hand up. Well, I had I didn't want to hit the microphone. I know, but you threw up your bent wrist hand and you were weaving your head back and forth. Yeah, I was like, 
Like you got very like thank like I'm fighting with a Spanish girl. Thank God we don't do videos on this <sighs> stuff because we we'd could. be doomed. All right, well let's just sign out. We got some shit to do. Signing out, Rob Bailey. Uh, we still don't have. Uh, I guess Whoa, I'll figure I out the I name. I don't have a sign out yet. You can't you just, put me on the spot like this. Just, all right. Thank you, Austin, for being on the show today. <laughs> yes, I'll be back whenever you want me to be back. It was a great <laughs> blast time. See you guys later. <laughs>